7.44 on this Friday morning. Welcome back to SEN Tassie Breakfast. It's time to welcome in our next guest, and his name, of course, is synonymous with Australian rules football in this country. He is a four-time premiership coach with the Hawks and is now the current coach of North Melbourne. He'll be here in Tassie tomorrow, leading his Kangaroos against the Gold Coast Suns in the final round of the season. Alistair Clarkson, welcome to SEN Tassie Breakfast. Thanks for joining us. G'day, boys. How are you going? We are going very well, mate. How are you, more to the point? It's obviously been um, a really tough year for you, but uh, how are you now? You've been back in the coaching role for a few weeks. No, it's good, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm good as gold now. So, um, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately for me, the season ends this weekend for us. Um, <laughs> yeah. all, the, all the rest of the club's probably ready for a spell. I'm, uh, I'm ready to gear up and, and, and get going again next week, but unfortunately we won't have a game to play. But maybe that's the, uh, that's the incentive to try and get better and uh, be playing through. The great month of September is the best time to be playing footy, and um, we'll miss it this year. But um, yeah, hopefully, we can work our way back to getting there pretty soon. Clarko, obviously, you missed a little bit of time, but apart from that, how would you rate? You know, I suppose where North are at, and and your first twelve months being back at the club. Yeah, well, listen, we we got a lot of work to do as a as a footy club, Pony. You know, but um, yeah, all all footy clubs go through this at, at periods of time of their history, and uh, North's been there before. Um, and uh, and most um, most clubs have had uh, have had tough tough periods of time. Ours have been a little bit uh, longer than we'd like. You know, it's four years now where um, where the club's been in either on the bottom or the bottom two. Um, so that's a little bit longer. And, and certainly from the league's point of view, I think the ideal model with the eighteen team comp, um, whether this is NBA or um, um, or NFL or Aussie rules, which has sort of got a very strongly regulated equalisation type of model. Um, the whole idea of it, in essence, in purity, utopia would be that you you have uh, one position every 18 years. And so if you if you finish first um, somewhere in there and you finish ninth somewhere in there and you finish 18th, but in a, a pure equalisation model, no team's meant to stay on the bottom for, the, uh, for a three or four year period. So... Um, yeah, that's the that's the challenges of the actual equalisation model now because there's so many so many compromises to it. You know, free agency and um, and and the like, and you know, academies for for some of the clubs uh, where they're given a given a leg up with um, securing talent from sort of 14 or 15 years of age, like the northern clubs can. So there's compromises everywhere, and that's why it's difficult for uh, for some clubs that um, aren't afforded some of those some of those benefits for them to, to climb the ladder again. So. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're going to be pretty keen to go to the draft and, and utilise our, um, our our early picks um, like we did last year with with Sheasel and Wardlaw and um, and Braden George and um, just you know it's going to be a, a build over a period of time, but um, that's the exciting part about it. You know, starting from starting from scratch and building something pretty special. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Wardlaw and Sheezel. Is there other, obviously, other talent you'll bring into the club? But you, have you seen things that you like going forward? Are you seeing light at the end of the tunnel, if you like, and you're on the right track? Yeah, well, we've got a we've got a kid called, called Charlie Combin who, um, you know, broke his broke his leg in about round seven, I think it was, or, or round eight, somewhere thereabouts. And you know, he was progressing really well for us. He's a key position forward, and um, and, and could play key position back too. But you know. We just had a bit of uh, disruption in terms of continuity with some of our, um, our our players that were ready to take the next step. You know, Charlie's been in the program for you know three or four years, and um, you know Tom Powers had an interrupted year 
Um, and he's been in the program for three or four years. So, um, and then we had sort of the, the guys who um, are established players like uh, Luke Davies, Uniaki, and and Jai Simkin. I both I think at different stages, each of those each of those guys have played a bit and then missed missed some games, played a bit more and then missed some games. You know that that lack of continuity. It doesn't matter what sportsman you are, whether you're in ponies field in cricket or uh, whether it's Aussie rules or whether you're an athlete. Or, um, if you can't get continuity and stability with your own team, then you're probably going to have fluctuations in in performance. And um, and for our side, that um, you know, he's been he's been battling the last couple of years. You know, we needed uh, we needed those sorts of things to to get right. Now, some some of that are in our control, and we just need to get better at it. And some of it outside of our control. Some of these uh, some of these injuries that occur to players. In game concussions and um, like breaking a leg like Charlie Combin did, but um, yeah, we've got some we've got some good young lads there, and uh, we just need to show them the way and bring in some bring in some more talent and um, and just slowly build ourselves up. Alistair Clarkson is our special guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. Clarko, if we can switch focus to Tasmania's AFL bid, you've obviously played a, a big part in that too over the journey. What have you made of the the disagreements we're having down here over Macquarie Point Stadium? Yeah, well, listen. What I, what I do know, doing um, some research right around the world um, to to help prepare Tassie to get this bid, is that um, yeah, Tasmania has got a very very unique opportunity. Part part of that is that um, I'm not not certainly not another sport in the in a country or team in the country that has got the the type of government support that um, the Tasmanian team will have. Um, that's that's pretty unique in world sport, let alone here in Australia. Um, and in addition to that. Maybe outside Sydney Harbour, um, the the site of the, the new stadium is perhaps the best in the country, if not the world. And so, um, you know, that that whole precinct um, could be really, really special, if, especially if they make it more than just a football ground. I could understand the the gripes from the general community down there if uh, this was just a facility that was just going to um, profit football, but it's not. This will profit the economy. Um, because they make it into a precinct and a 24/7 um, level of engagement with all the community, then everyone, uh, in particular Hobart, but the, the wider Tasmanian community, every, everyone will benefit uh, because the um, the economic impact of a 24/7 facility in um, the one of the best harbours in the world um, is very, very special. And you know, it's a it's, it's a challenge. I know it's public money and. Um, but I think there's all sorts of things going on in the background where they can try to um, diffuse the, the impact on um, how significant that public money spend might be, and that will appease everyone. Because I don't think there's any doubt of the Tasmanian people. They want it. They want their team in the AFL. It's just at what cost, and they don't want it to be um, at a significant cost to the purse of the, of the government. And I think they're working on ways that they can reduce that so that it, we get the best of both worlds. Um, Tassie get their team in the competition, but it doesn't cost the the Tassie taxpayer, um, the type of money that um, you know, ties them down for a long period of time. What about the runway, Clarko? Uh, 2028's obviously been the, the date mentioned for entry. We might have to play at Utahs and Bell Reef for a year before the stadium is built, but I, I fear that's going to be pushed back with the delays with the stadium build, etc. What's the ideal runway, do you think, for, for launch? How many years do you need to get prepared? Oh, the longer longer runway, the, the better, really. Um, and I mean that's that's difficult because um, yeah, people want the team to come in straight away. You know, it's it's, it's like gee, we 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 finally got there. Can we have the team next year? But the 
the longer the runway that Tassie can have, the better. I think we've seen from um, what's happened with, with Gold Coast and, and GWS, probably particularly Gold Coast. Um, it is a really, really difficult path. It's, and as we've seen with North Melbourne, it is, it is a tough competition to compete in. And even clubs that are established and been around for a long, long period of time, like North Melbourne since 1925, find themselves um, anchored to the bottom of the ladder for a period of time. So it is a tough comp. So don't come into the competition with your eyes closed. Um, come in with your eyes open, knowing that it's going to be tough, but be as well prepared as you possibly can be. So the longer the runway, the better, the, the more chance that the, the club has got of actually um, having its training administration facility all sorted, um, having its stadium all sorted, having its pathways program and administration structure all sorted, um, now, um, the administration structure is a really quick one to get get up and going, really. But the the pathways one isn't one. How how are Tasmania going to inject players into their competition, and where do they play um, before they start um, playing for the actual Tasmanian team once it gets into the competition? And all those all those types of challenges need to be addressed by the consortium that's going to be running the club, um, and. Um, which is which is really exciting, but um, my my advice would be just don't don't rush it because we saw you know Gold Coast and GWS were were parachuted into the competition probably within within 24 months um, of their announcement um, to be injected into the competition and um, you know it's been it's been tough yards. GWS got to a got to a final, um, but uh, but Gold Coast still hasn't played finals and it's been in over a decade so. Um, yeah, patience. Patience is a pretty handy virtue when it comes to bringing teams into a competition. Yeah, Clark, you've touched on the Gold Coast there. They've finally landed Damien Hardwick. What are your thoughts on that? Is he the right man to turn them around and make them a really competitive side? Yeah, well, I'd be I'd be thinking to myself, knowing knowing Dimmer pretty well, that um, they're they're in real trouble if he can't get them going. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a great coach, um, and so that's the <laughs> that's the the paradox with this is that it's, it's um, yeah, he's the he's the right bloke for sure. Um, but uh, but it's it's uh, it's a concern for him if he can't get them going. I'm not sure what uh, whatever's going to get those guys going up there. Um, and do you think Tassie yeah, have to go down a similar route with a sort of tried and tested coach first up? I think Gold Coast have probably got a couple of their appointments maybe wrong along the journey. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, yeah, not 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 necessarily, but um, yeah, I, I I think probably in its um, um, in its early days, maybe maybe if they went that way, but um, it's, it's I, I wouldn't say that's the that's the highest priority of the club. I, I think a much more significant priority is what we just spoke about. You know, just being patient and uh, making sure they get the structure of their club. You know, the the how, how they best position themselves to bring in talent to the to the club, whether it's through draft or trading, and what are all those mechanisms so that the Tasmanian team are, are more capable of um, of competing because as, as we've um, seen in my situation this year, it's just like, oh, heralded coach, you now Clarkson's going to come in and um, do some do some magnificent things, and he'll get them going straight away. It, it, um, you need a whole heap of things. It's not just the, it's not just the coach. In actual fact, the <laughs> the, co- the coach is really just the icing on the cake. You need the you need the talent. You need the stability of the of the club. Um, and as we've seen with North. Um, there's been instability, whether it's you know change of coaches, change of CEOs, change of presidents, um, change of sponsors. It's a whole heap of things that you need to you need to get right. And um, 
and that would that would be the thing that I'd be focused on for, for Tassie and the coach is just really a part of that. Well, Clarko, we could sit here and talk footy with you all day, but unfortunately we're out of time. But we wish you all the very best tomorrow. Your final game of the season, North Melbourne taking on the Gold Coast at Blunstead Arena, of course. Get along and support the Roos in their final game of the season here in Hobart. Uh, uh, Clarko, we really appreciate your time, mate, and all the very best for the off-season as well. Good on you, boys. Thanks very much. Alistair Clarkson, the greatest of all time as far as coach is concerned here in the AFL. What a superstar he is. We're going to get to a break. On the other side of it, I'm going to drop a big bomb about the man sitting opposite Stop me, Tim it. Payne. It is coming your way next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Do not go anywhere here. Thanks to Harrison Agents.